Whether the boomers want to admit it or not, they have pounded into our heads that grades are one of the most important things in the world. They will say it's not what you know, it's who you know, and then judge you when you say that you got a C on a test. So that's why I brought on our next guest, because his journey shows that you don't need a 4.0 to intern at Fortune 500 companies like Microsoft and NBC Universal. In high school, he got an 880 SAT, and his friends would call him awkward, but that never stopped him. His name is Kendall, and this is one of the key cheat codes that helped him stand out amongst all of the others that maybe had a higher GPA than him. For me, I've never been like the, the best test taker or a good student. I've always been the student that's between like a 3.0 and like a 3 through 3.4. But for me, there's something that you can't test for, and that's actually how to build personal connection and actually how to communicate with people. So for me, what I did when I got to Morehouse, I knew I was going to be like a decent student, but I needed other ways to actually get in the door because you can have a 3.2 GPA, but if you don't have anything else on your resume, you can't get to Microsoft or NBC Universal. So what I did was I started a podcast. I'm a podcast for two years and I was able to interview people who were already in intern positions. I wanted, it allowed me to learn more, did things as far as being a student ambassador to where I gave tours twice a week to parents, donors, kids who wanted to go to the school. And this has helped me become a better communicator. So by the time I got to interviews, I was ready and I was set and it wasn't, there was no awkward kind of tangents or interviews. So you hear Kendall talk and he sounds like a guy who can clearly articulate his thoughts, but this wasn't always the case. No, a lot of my friends would say I was pretty uh, awkward in high school. So how did he get better? I think one of the things that I did, and this is actually like more tied to Kobe, is Kobe was like really big on like being curious. And I really took that. But a lot of times what students do is they get scared because they go to the, to the executives, the people who are like already entering at those places. You can be curious with anybody. So in high school, what I did after I would work, a lot of times I'll go wash my car and I would just ask random people about their experiences and like if they could go back to 18, 19 years old, what would they do different? And that kind of helped me become a, bitter, a better interviewer. And I just became so much, so much more curious in people. So when I got to those big interviews and talked to different people, I'm not scared because I, I interview people all the time, like just when I'm going out and about. So that's kind of how I built up a better interviewing style or just being a better communicator. You were probably expecting some crazy words of wisdom, right? But unfortunately, when it comes to communication, it seems that the only way to get better is to put yourself out there and to get as many reps as possible. You can be brave like Kendall and do it yourself or find a way to force yourself like how I did. My first internship was being a financial advisor. That's basically a fancy way of saying that I cold called a lot of people to try to sell them life insurance. It sucked, but I was required to dial 40 numbers every day. 40. But it forced me out of my comfort zone. And honestly, when I look back, I'm extremely thankful for that experience because that's why I'm able to talk to anyone and connect with them almost instantly. Let's talk about networking because when people say this word, it seems so transactional and you have to do it to get a job. But I don't look at it that way. And I don't think Kendall does either. And because of that, listen to this wild story of someone crazy that Kendall has met. What happened was it was my junior year of high school. I was in Chicago with my family. And my auntie said, hey, there's this guy I went to school. His name is Rashawn Williams. He's an investment banker turned venture capitalist. And mind you, I'm still like, a, I'm a junior in high school and a black kid. I don't care about no old black dude in a suit. Like, I'm just like, all right, cool, whatever. 
I go on IG and I see like the pictures with the rolls and like the stuff with Andre Vidala and Steph Curry. I'm like, oh, okay, this dude got some bread. He's doing some cool things. I ended up contacting him and he kind of dubbed me for the first two times. Like he was like, I think he actually told me remembering, he said, I don't hit people up back to the third time because some people try to contact me. And I was like, okay. I want to jump in real quick because this point is so important. All because someone ignores you, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't want to talk to you. It could just mean that you caught them at the wrong time. Or in Kendall's case, they have a rule that they follow of only after a certain period of time will they message you back. I usually follow up with people every few months just to stay top of mind, even if they don't respond. But I usually have an email tracker on so I know if they looked at it or not. And if they don't respond after like 5 emails or so, then I'll probably take the hint and won't hit them back up. But back to Kendall's story because this is when it gets wild. Basically what happened was at the time while I was in the valley, which is near the Bay Area and he was in LA, we contacted but didn't say much. Then when the fall of 2018 hit, I hit him on Instagram saying, hey, I got accepted to your alma mater, Morehouse College. I'm now on campus. He said, hey, I actually just moved to Atlanta two weeks ago. Like, do you want to come by the house and, you know, just have breakfast, you know, just chop it up and all that. So we did. And mind you, like, I'm a big car guy. Like, I love cars. And we're at the house. And I think, like, we went to this separate garage and asked, like, do you have the rolls here? And he said, yeah. And I see this fat. Rolls Royce Ghost with like a California license plate and like we just got like a nice ride and just talking about like how to go through college, how to network, how to actually get good grades. And to me, that was super dope. And then two to three weeks later, I'm in class again, like just chilling and he's texting me saying, hey, like, are you free around like 530 in a couple of days? I'm like, yeah. He says, do you want to fly private? Like you want to go on a private jet? And I'm just like, wait, what? So he says, like, text me all your information. You can bring a couple of your homeboys and we can ride on a plane for like 20, 30 minutes just around Atlanta. I do all that. And then two days later, I'm flying on a private jet, 18 years old, with an alumni of the school that I'm going to. And we're just killing and just talking about life. So to me, like, that's my kind of crazy networking story. Imagine being in class and you get that text. You don't get that text because you hit someone up for networking because you're looking to get a job. You get that text because you're curious and genuinely interested in the other person. Everyone who has made it in life has had someone who has helped them get to where they are when they were young. And because of that, they're always looking to help others that come from similar situations as them. Now, it won't be everyone, but keep knocking on enough doors and one will open. When I talk to somebody on the phone, I do my due diligence. I'm not just going to cop on the phone and be like, tell me about your story. Like I want to go deep dive and I'll show you that I did research. So, you know, like I'm actually serious about this and I'm going to put in the work. So every time you see me every three to six months, you know, I took some of your advice and actually did something with that. So what are some of those questions that you could ask? We actually really hit on something that, that's big in, I feel like in the black community is how did you deal with people saying you talk different or you're not black enough? And to me that like really hit um, something with me. And I think with him too, um, and I think it was just, a, it was a deep connection. I don't, there wasn't really like an investment question or stuff about like venture capital that was like, I can really remember. Cause I think in life you really remember the relationships at the end of the day. Um, but I don't know, man. It was just a lot of kind of like looking up stuff on LinkedIn and Instagram, just asking about his maybe his portfolio or like the dudes he invests with or like, why don't why more people in the, in the venture capital or specifically black people? That's kind of questions I ask. Culture actual specifics about their job, or finding things about them on an article that they wrote 10 years ago that no one has read. 
This is where curiosity really comes into play. Now it's time to break down Kendall's process of landing his internships. Throughout my first two years, I was the kid that went to everything. I would go to all the programs. I went to Wall Street for a day. I, I tried networking as much as I could, and I still wasn't getting internships. And I had to take a step back because I think a lot of times people will say, just keep applying, man. Like, you got this. You can get an internship. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, let's take a step back. And maybe the way you're going about it is wrong. So what I started doing is I said, okay, when I apply now, I'm going to at least reach out and talk to two people at the company beforehand, or at least if I, if I had a notification for a first-round interview. So at least they can kind of run me through the description. They can give me slight interview prep because a lot of times when you see like the defining characteristics of what they want to intern, you, you, you might not really understand it. So for myself, I really tried to talk to more people beforehand. So we're actually now every internship that I do, I have a baseline. I have to talk to two or three people before I get to the interview. Um, another thing what you can do to really hack things is actually reach out to former interns because the recruiters and the managing directors, like they have people reaching out to them every day. But a college student who has like 800 connections on LinkedIn, they'll probably respond to you and they can tell you their hiring manager, who the recruiter was, what the intern position was actually like. And you can help tailor it to your interview style. So that's kind of my biggest thing is actually reaching out to former interns and seeing what they, what they do. That last minute and 20 seconds is gold. I didn't even know that you could do that when I was in college because I was probably too scared to hit up actual employees at these companies for interview advice. It's a cheat code. And here's how you can start to think of the structure for your messaging. When I, I'm on LinkedIn, a lot of times if I'm thinking of like a role, like when I got the internship at Microsoft, I can just type in like product marketing manager intern at Microsoft and people will pop up. And if I can see like, oh, we have a few mutual connections or we have something that like might be in common, whether we're both podcasters or an Xbox, like anything, I can use that as leverage when I'm kind of, I guess, sliding in their LinkedIn messages or just trying to like hit him on an email. Connection, connection, connection. Being able to find bits and pieces of people's LinkedIn profiles and finding a way to bring that back to who you are as a person is key when reaching out to people. It's hard to talk to a stranger, but when two strangers meet up at an Orlando City soccer game and they're both Orlando fans, they don't seem like strangers anymore. Now let's say it's late in the internship recruitment season and you still haven't found an internship. What could you do? If you're on a college campus or you just have any friends that you know who have actually achieved internships, just schedule a 30-minute call with them and ask them what they think are roles that they might see on, on the daily. I can ask that kid, like, how do you get this internship? They'll get me into certain Slack groups. They'll reach out to people who already have internships that may I want, and I can get one-on-ones. A lot of times now, like, I've gotten to a point where I don't have to go searching for stuff. I can just go into my Slack messages with HBCVC or the intern club and apply to things that tailor towards my role. So to me, it's like actually going to your friends who actually have been successful things and kind of using them to guide you to get an internship. Great. But what if you're a transfer student and don't know anyone or your friend group hasn't been blessed by the I'm happy to announce posts on LinkedIn yet? As cliche as it sounds, I would use LinkedIn as heavily as possible. And I know you're probably going to get a lot of people who won't respond. But if you reached out to like 40 people, I think one or two people respond, especially if they're alumni. Like you don't have to go to Harvard or Stanford to get an internship at Google or Goldman Sachs. Like there's every school has at least one or two people who have done great things. And I promise you, there's somebody from their school who will reach out back to you and help you out with anything. So I would use LinkedIn. Also, I believe Clubhouse is actually another good place now to kind of like research and network with people. Twitter, if you have a great online portfolio, that can work. I always recommend people, 
I, I think podcast is actually too many in the world, but if you can do like even a decent podcast as a hundred, 150 listeners, that's an online portfolio and you're building conversation and you're building communication skills with your guests. And that can then help you actually get jobs. So a lot of times for me, I tell kids now it's about the online portfolio. Cause there's so many kids who have 3.4 GPAs. Like what else do you do? Kendall just dropped so many cheat codes in this episode about networking and finding internships. It's insane. And if you like what Kendall had to say, make sure to check out his podcast in the show notes. Can I promise you a ride in a Rolls or a private jet? Definitely not, because I haven't even gotten those yet. But what I can promise is that if you generally take the next 12 months and be curious while networking, do your research beforehand, and consistently follow up with others while honing in on whatever it is your craft is, your life will be much different than it is right now. The best relationships you gain through networking don't happen overnight, the same way that you met your closest friends. Well, that's about it. I'm out. So the team and I have been doing a lot of research into how we can get these cheat codes to more students around the world. And there's one thing that you can do to help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We started season 10 with 65 reviews, and our goal is to get to 100 by the end of the season on March 31st. Don't be good. Be great. And leave us that five-star review. Peace.